that's good. Turn to the person next to you, say hello. Um, before you take a seat, uh, let me let me pray a little bit, or I just want to intro. I think I, I really do believe God's going to do something significant tonight. I really, really do believe it. Um, I've been praying, a, I guess, a strange prayer lately, um, and I've been, I've been asking God to make me blind and to make me deaf to the things that just don't matter. I bet you're glad I finished that sentence, right? I've been asking God to make me blind and deaf to the things that don't matter because there's so many things that present themselves in our lives as a priority. And we walk around um, and we have this list of priorities. And in actuality, when that word, we started using the word priority in its original form in the 1400s, it only existed as a form that we used in the singular. You could only ever have one priority. There was no such thing as plural priorities because if everything was a priority, nothing was a priority. But somehow in the 1900s, we pluralized the word, I think in an irrational way, to convince ourselves that if we change the word, we could bend reality. But we can't. You can only have one priority. It's the thing that comes first. You can't have many firsts. You just have the thing that comes first. And so in my life, the prayer that I've been praying is the prayer of priority. What is my priority, God? What are the things that just don't matter? What are the things that take up my energy, time, my resource, but they just don't matter? I wanna be blind to those things. I don't wanna hear those things. And all I want, God, all I wanna know is what's the priority? And the answer is simple. The priority is His presence. That's the priority. Do everything you can, Esther, to get into my presence. Do everything you can to stay in my presence. Do everything you can in all that you do when you're waking and you're getting up and you're moving. Just stay, stay in my presence. Know my heart, know my ways, know, know what I'm doing. Stay in my presence. And tonight, I pray tonight becomes a reprioritization. Don't know if that's a word. I can't bend down that far anymore. My husband had to put my shoes on today. <laughs> I only got five weeks to go, my friends. And then baby's coming. It's good times. It's a good reason, good reason to get your priorities straight. And so tonight I pray, tonight I pray that we would become people of the presence, people of God's presence people who prioritize His presence, people who understand that nothing else matters but His presence, 
that we go after His presence, that we love His presence, that we honour His presence simply because He is God. Yes, He moves and does miracles in His presence, but that's not why we go after Him. We go after Him simply because He's God, simply because He is King, He is sovereign, He's in charge, He's creator, He's the one in which we all exist and live and breathe and move. It is Him. And I pray, God, You teach us Lord, to move in your presence, in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? Amen. Amen. All right, take a seat, take a seat. Give the team a hand. They've done a wonderful job tonight. Thanks, team. Thanks, Peter. And so tonight, really, um, (laughs) people just deliver you stuff when you're pregnant. So you want to have a... Double bacon cheeseburger somewhere, or a Coke, no, okay. Um, And so uh, that that has been my prayer, my prayer that uh, really that the things that don't matter would not matter. And um, if you could turn in your Bibles to Luke and chapter 7, we're going to go through a uh, scripture tonight. David Darby, if you could stay close, my friend. Uh, Luke chapter 7, and we're going to start from verse 36. And uh, this, is a, this is a scripture that I particularly like. Um, I, well, you know, like I like all scripture. Um, but I, I, I really love and I guess I identify with the story. And I think everyone in this room would identify with the story that's being told. But one, it's, a, it's a story that's told of, of one, of a, of a, a woman who is uh, labeled a sinner. And she somehow finds herself in the presence of Jesus. And in the presence of Jesus, incredible things happen. In the presence of Jesus, incredible things happen. And this is the reason why we need to be the kind of people that prioritize his presence. Because when we are in his presence, when we're in his flow, when we put ourselves where Jesus is, incredible things happen. Now, there are, you know, there, there are the, the principles of what it is to be a Christian, the principles of the kingdom. The thing is, the principles of the kingdom can operate without his presence. But his presence is what brings the power. Right? His presence is what brings incredible power to the principles of the kingdom of God. So we're going to read uh, verse, from verse 36. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. When a certain immoral woman from the city heard that he was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. Then she knelt behind him at his feet, weeping. Her tears fell on his feet and she wiped them off with her hair. She kept kissing his feet, putting perfume on them. Now that's uh, pretty full on. Can anyone agree? I mean, it was full on, it's full on right now in today's day. If, can you imagine you're just having dinner and someone just comes and starts weeping at your feet and then using their hair to dry your feet? It's pretty outrageous. It was even more outrageous back then. But it's interesting, she is labeled as a certain immoral woman. That was her label. 
Everyone knew that's who she was. She was the, 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 the sinner woman. And what's interesting here in the scripture, in verse 39, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, if this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She's a sinner, right? And this is one of the things we need to understand about the presence of God, is that the presence of God allows us breakthrough access. Because what business does she have being there? See, the thing is, in, in, the, in, the, in the ancient context that we read it, it's not actually odd that she's there, because in fact, when a dinner by a Pharisee would be held um, for a, a major teacher, a very important teacher, um, often access would be given to a whole bunch of people. So a whole bunch of people would just be allowed to kind of sit around and listen in. What's going on? What are they gonna say? What are they gonna discuss at dinner? So there would be all the people who were invited, but actually a lot of people were allowed in the vicinity. So this woman was already there, but no one had a problem that she was there. People started to have a problem when she gained access to the table. No one had a problem that the sinner was there, but people started to get a little bit upset when she decided that her sin wouldn't hold her back because the presence of God supersedes that which sin would limit her to. Can you imagine she's sitting there and she knows Jesus is there and she's brought this alabaster jar full of expensive perfume. Can you imagine she's listening in? What are they saying at the dinner table? What are they talking about? What does Jesus say that all of a sudden she's so overwhelmed and so touched by this moment that she gets up and instead of becoming a spectator, she becomes a main player in the game. Instead of just sitting on the bleachers, she becomes a main player in the game. This is what the presence of God allows us to do. Where sin and our past would tell us you don't qualify to be here. You can sit in the bleachers, but you can't get involved in the game. You can, you can, you can live your life the way you want to live your life, but you can't, you can't access the promises that God has got for you. But when the presence of God is involved, it, the game changes. Everything changes. The rules change. And so I love what goes on. This woman, she stands up and don't you, you can, you can always tell people who don't have time for a lot of mess, right? You can always tell people who don't have time for what anyone else thinks. You can always tell the kind of people who will seize the moment. And I like this girl because she's like, none of you are gonna save me. None of you sitting around here are gonna say, none of you can remove the labels from me. But this Jesus who's sitting here, he's saying he can. He's saying my sin doesn't define me. He's saying it. And if that's true, who, who are you? I'm going to go and get mine. And I love that. Do you know, see this, this moment we have here, we're never going to have this moment again. We're never. 
We might be at Sky City for another Sunday this year, but even if we sang the same songs, and even if you sat in the same seat, it still won't be the same moment. We're never going to have this moment. And what we need to understand is right now, here in this moment, Jesus is sitting here with us. And you can seize the moment. And no, no amount of sin, no amount of brokenness, no amount of humanity, no amount of it, no amount of it can prevent us from gaining access because that's what Jesus did on the cross. And so I pray you don't let this moment pass you by. Come on, come on, lean in, wake up, lean in, wake up. Don't let this moment pass you by. The presence of God is here and everything can change. She walked right through them. She walked right past them. She walked through the wall of of carnality. Oh, you better believe she heard them whispering. Who does she think she is? She walked right through them and she went straight to her master, she was a sinner woman. That's what she was known for. But the thing about sin, for me, and I I, I want you to hear my heart in this, I am so thankful for my sin because my sin has taught me priority. I have been through far too much and I have come way too far to let what other people think about my sin stop me from getting to His presence. Can you imagine? She's sitting, she's standing there with this alabaster jar and it's full of expensive perfume. How do you think she got to fill that jar with that, with that perfume? How do you think this immoral woman got to fill that jar with perfume? Probably not in the most upstanding way. How much it would have cost her, her reputation. How much it would have cost her having everyone look at her, look, look down on her. But there she stood with the evidence of her sin. And this is what brings her before Jesus. You got sin here? Bring it before Jesus. You got you got your own alabaster jar filled with the stuff, filled with the shame, filled with the things you regret, filled with the things that you would give it all up for just a moment of peace. You'd give it all up for just a moment of knowing that you'll be safe and secure. You'll give it up, you give it all up. I'll give it all up. I'll give the career up. I'll give it all up. If I just know I can just be with you, Jesus. If I can just have your presence. If I can just know that I'm going to be okay. Oh, Jesus, I need you. And she's holding this jar and she's hearing people talk and people are going to talk. People are going to say, who do you think you are? People are going to say, I know where you've come from. Right, they said it to Jesus. That's just the carpenter's son. 
Was he the carpenter's son? Truth be told, no. No. He was the son of God. That wasn't Joseph's son. But people are gonna label you. People are gonna say things when you start to move forward out of the crowd. I know where you've come from. I know who you are. I know what you've done. Your family, sometimes the closest people to you. But I pray tonight that you understand that the presence of God allows you this access. And so with my sin, God just takes sin and He just turns it upside down. Because where sin would usually hold me back, my mistakes, my failures would usually hold me back. Oh, they're the very thing that brings me into His presence. It's the very thing that, that I guess, okay, God, I'm not okay. I'm struggling with this. I'm, I'm struggling emotionally. I'm struggling with my finance. I'm struggling with family. I'm struggling, God. But because of your presence, because you're here, because He's here, because He's here tonight, because He's here, it doesn't, you, you, it doesn't stop you. You can bring it all before Him. And she breaks open this jar. And what does Jesus say? Dang, girl. You're right. No, He doesn't. Jesus allows it. And there's all these people sitting there having dinner. And there's all these people watching. And Jesus allows it to happen, which is offending so many people. Can I say tonight, if you're here and you haven't been to church in a while, and maybe you've been feeling condemned or on the out with you because of mistakes you've made, can I just say in this house, you are welcome here. You are welcome here. You're welcome to come and dine at the table. And that your sin doesn't disqualify you. But if we bring it to Jesus, He's not waiting for you to get it all sorted out if we just bring it to Him. Can we bring it to Him? Can we bring it to Him? Can we bring it to Him if you just bring it to Him? He, he, he will not say no. He will not say no. Can you go sort yourself out? But if we can just bring it to Him, I'm thankful for my sin. I used to be ashamed of it, but now it represents the time and the many times where Jesus took my sin away. And you know in this, what, what I love is that um, it's not like, it's not like Jesus erased the past completely, but that which probably most of us would wanna mute from our story. We don't want people to know these things about us. We don't want people to know these things about our lives, our failures, our shortcomings. That in Jesus, it becomes a part of this redemptive narrative that even, that even your sin you can celebrate. Oh, I once 
was lost, but now I am found. You can't be found if we never admit we were lost. But even the things that we would have been so afraid to admit, I'm I'm okay with it because it reminds me of my need of a savior. And that when I needed a savior, Jesus, Jesus was, is it. Hey, so look, if you're taking notes, number one is the presence of God allows breakthrough access. Tonight, in Jesus' name, as, as Pastor Leela was saying, come on, breakthrough access for your pro- the promises. Breakthrough, breakthrough access for you. If you feel like you've just been hitting up against a wall or you're, you're afraid to go for some things in God, to go for a new dream, a new initiative, in Jesus' name, breakthrough access. Come on, no more spectating. No more spectating in the bleachers. You see Jesus, you know He's there. You're hearing Him saying, come on, go again, go again, try again, hope again, stand again, believe again, try again. Try again, try again, go, go, go in Jesus' name because His presence is with you, is with us. Come on, this breakthrough, breakthrough in Jesus' name. If that's you tonight, right now, right now, and you know you're needing that breakthrough access, but there's something on the inside of you that is holding you back. Come on, right now, let's pray. Come on, let's pray right now. So if that's you, come on, lift your hands. You can go. Hey, let's all close our eyes. You know, just so everyone's comfortable. But if that's you, come on, breakthrough access. Who cares? Let's be like this immoral woman. Uh, Not like her, but you know what I'm saying. But let's, who cares about who's sitting next to us? You want the breakthrough access. His presence is here. Come on, you come on, lift your hand. Lift your hands and receive in Jesus' name a breakthrough access. A breakthrough access. Not just because you're awesome, but because the presence of God is with you in Jesus' name. Oh Lord, I pray for every hand raised, that for every door that has been locked right now in Jesus' name, you would begin to drop keys. I can see keys being dropped into the hands of those who are responding. Come on, if people are responding around you, just put a hand on their shoulder, pray with them, because I can see keys dropping into your hand. Keys that will cause you to be able to unlock doors that have been shut so many times. And people will say, wow, how did you have access? And you will have no other answer but by the grace of God. And so Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that in all of these lives of the people who are responding, that your presence would fall on their lives in such a thick and tangible way. Lord, that when they sleep, keys would drop. When they're awake, keys would be able to be initiated in Jesus' name and breakthrough access like never before. In the name of Jesus, amen. Don't you love coming to church? I love coming to church. Okay, point number two. Let's carry on. Verse 39, I've, I've read it, I'll read it again. When the Pharisee, oh Lord, this is a good one, fam. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, 
If this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman this is touching him. She is a sinner. So here's the Pharisee, his name is Simon. And uh, I I think we can be a little bit like Simon sometimes. Yeah, let's be honest. We can be a little bit like Simon uh, in that what we can do sometimes is when we operate on principle alone, because the principle is true. If he was a prophet, he would know. What he didn't realize was the very prophet, the very principle that he was talking about, the man who created it was sitting with him. Right, that's what he didn't realize. (laughs) And what he didn't realize was that he was a prophet. And he did know that she was a sinner and that that was the point, right? And sometimes we can be like Simon where we're operating by principle alone. Yeah, you come into church every Sunday. Yes, you were tithing and that's awesome. Yes, you are going to e, um, e group, small group, and that's awesome. And I, I do all of those things as well. But the thing is, if it's without his presence, we can often miss the point. So we can be doing all the things, but we miss the point because the priority isn't the priority. What's well, not the right one? The priority is to perhaps. Uh, I don't know, maybe just like tick some boxes so you can carry on in, in your life just with your conscience happy that I did the Christian thing. Not you guys, that's me sometimes. But the, the point is, was that Simon missed it. He totally missed the moment. And what does he do? He labels her. Everyone knew who she was, but then he labels her. And I I have issues with labels, not like brands and stuff, though that's a good time. But I have issues, I I have problems with the labels we put on each other. I have problems because the moment that we start putting labels on each other like that, we separate. And Revelation chapter 12, it talks about uh, it, it talks about Satan, the enemy, as being the accuser of the brethren, the accuser of the sons and daughters. And in the Greek, that word accuser is the word category, where we get the word category. Because that's the plan of the enemy, to divide us up into categories. You're a sinner, I am not. Can you see it happening in our world? The category of what it is to be a Pacific Islander in New Zealand, to be Maori in New Zealand, to be European in New Zealand. There's a a division of categories that is a plan of the enemy because what happens when we get divided into categories? We start judging, we start separating. We start fearing, we start assuming, we start saying to the other sons and daughters of God, you don't deserve. And that is dangerous ground. When we start saying to other sons and daughters of God what they do and do not deserve. It is, it is a tact of the enemy, this labeling, 
But what the presence of God does is it breaks those dividing norms. It breaks it, it smashes it. Because what does he do? He carries on. And Jesus, knowing what Simon the Pharisee says, he looks up, oh, so gangster, right? Jesus, like, Simon. Because Simon was just talking to himself. He's like, who's this guy I think he is? He doesn't even know what he's doing. He's embarrassing himself. And Jesus looks at Simon. I got something to tell you. And he says, oh, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I'd love to learn from you. And Jesus says this, a man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one, 50 pieces to another, but neither of them could repay him. So he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? Simon answered, well, I suppose the one whom he canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus says. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, you watch Jesus break down these dividing norms. Look at this woman kneeling here. When I entered your home, you didn't offer me water to wash the dust from my feet, but she's washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I came in, she's not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, though her sins are many, they have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love, but a person who was forgiven little shows only little love. And so right there and then, Jesus breaks down the dividing norm. Everything, Simon, you thought made you better than her. She has acted in a way that has showed you you're on the same playing field. Well, she's doing way better. If we're gonna get into that kind of comparison, let me just tell you what's going on because that's what the presence of God does. The presence of God breaks down the categories that split us, that divide us, that say, that's not my friend group, that say, I don't get along with those type of people. Why? That's a violation of the presence of God. Why? Because it's love, it's love, it's love, it's love, it's love that the world will know that we are His disciples. Our love, one for another, our ability to accept, our ability to break down norms. But we can't do that on our own because we are human. We naturally categorize. That's why we need the presence of God so we can move past these dividing barriers and see a world changed for Jesus. So we can move past the things that separate us. So we can see Jesus move. And so where the enemy would accuse us, so where the world would accuse us with our past, with the label of our past, and though it might be true, we know the presence of God supersedes it. Though He might accuse us with the label of failure, we know, Psalm 37, though we stumble, we will not fall. 
because his right hand upholds us. What his presence, his presence upholds us. We ain't gonna live life perfect, but when we're in his presence, though we stumble, we never fall. Though we might make mistakes, we never fall. And if we do fall, we just get right back up again. In Jesus' name. Our last, the last scripture tonight is just the last couple verses. Then Jesus said to the woman, your sins are forgiven. The men at the table said among themselves, who is this man that goes around forgiving sins? And Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Team band, you can come on up. Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. The presence of God, it allows breakthrough access. It breaks dividing norms. But it also reveals the sovereignty of God. You gotta understand um, how, how annoying or frustrating that statement, your sins are forgiven, would have been at that table. They had an issue believing Jesus was a prophet. And now Jesus all like, your sins are forgiven. So you can understand, they're like, who do what? Who are you? That just goes around saying you can forgive sins. <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a big statement. But what Jesus is saying is he's not just someone who has the ability or the authority. He's not just someone who has the authority to instruct on moral matters. He is authority itself. So he's sitting there, he's sitting there so gangster. And he's just saying, not only am I a prophet, but I have the authority to say, your sins are forgiven. Go in peace. And the presence of God reveals, reveals the sovereignty that says, I know the odds are stacked up against her. I know every reason why she shouldn't be accepted, but I am authority. Jesus is the one with all, he's the one who decides. He is the one with all authority. He possesses the authority to give, to forgive sin. He is more, oh, he is more than the example of someone who allows sinners to have dinner with him, right? He's the one who says that sinners can come to God and God will respond to them. He changed the game in that one sentence. Anyone can come to God if they come in humility, if they come just because they wanna know Him, because they wanna have, have Him in their life. And with that kind of humility, with that kind of faith, with that kind of expression of love, they will always be accepted in His presence. That is the authority and the sovereignty of God. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Where are the singers? Yeah, come on, stand to your feet.
And so tonight, I just really want, I want to pray. I, I really do want to pray for a few things. Uh, but one thing in particular is, is just people in the, in the room tonight who have perhaps felt like you have been under the rule or under the thumb of things that are, are, are outside of your control. So things have happened in your life that have caused you to get smaller, to be a little bit more afraid, to be a little bit more insecure. But what you don't realize is what's happened is that particular thing has now become the authority in your life. Whatever that may be, it might be something that happened at work something that your boss said to you or something that someone close said to you and it just made you recoil just a little bit and it made you it made you just small made you feel smaller just a little bit it made you just a little bit more fearful to step out again it made you just hesitate a little bit more but what's actually happened is now that has become the authority the priority in your life, but now is the time where God is saying, come on, come on, you just come. You just come to Him. You are welcome to come to Him. And as you humble yourself before Him and as you make Him the priority, Jesus, you're the priority. Jesus, you are the authority. Jesus, I declare what you say about me matters. Not what's happened to me, but what you say about the issue matters. So if that's you tonight, and you know you just feel like you've been under the thumb of so many other external pressures, but tonight there's a moment of freedom in Jesus' name for you. Freedom, freedom, freedom. Because God, because you once again will allow God on the throne of your life and saying, God, you're the priority. So if that's you tonight, here's what I want you to do. What I really wanna do is just open up this altar right here. So if that's you, and I've got a feeling it's a lot of people, but if that's you, the team are gonna worship, gonna lift up some worship. And as they lift up worship, come on, you come. And as, uh, as you come, this is the reason why I love to open up the altar, because what I want you to do in your mind, in your heart, in your spirit, in your body is just align some of your actions. So when you move out of your seat, and when you start walking up the front, what you're saying is this, I'm moving out of those issues and those problems and I'm now moving under the authority and the sovereignty and the presence of God. Yeah, so that's what's happening. When we move out of our seat and we're coming down the front, it's a physical alignment to what's going on internally. So the altar is open, my friends. If that's you, come on, just get out your seat. 
come on down the front. There is freedom, 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 freedom in Jesus' name that you can walk away with tonight.